Hi, this is uh, Ricardo Rendon. I'm a urologist oncologist in Halifax. And here we're going to talk about uh, the recent uh, data that was presented at the 2021 ASCO uh, meeting, particularly in prostate cancer. Uh, we have with us uh, Claudio Geldres, a urolo urologic oncologist in um, uh, Sherbrooke, uh, Quebec. And he's going to talk to us about one of the abstracts um, where uh, they talked about the real world first line treatment patterns in patients with metastatic castrate sensitive prostate cancer in a US health insurance database. So uh, Claudio, can you walk us through this uh, abstract? Well, thank you, Ricardo. So actually this is an abstract that was presented in the form of a poster at this year ASCO. Um, is a, a, a poster presented by a multi-institutional group. Uh, the presentation was done by Dr. Swami from Salt Lake City. So uh, this abstract is about the, the use of um, therapy and patient with uh, metastatic status and hormonal sensitive. Their background is that they look at the, um, there's been who are uh, normally di diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer. There are several therapies out there beyond uh, hormonal therapy that can be delivered. And they looked uh, in a retrospective fashion to, uh, into an insurance, uh, insurance claim database, uh, specifically uh, the Optum Health Insurance Claim Database, to see what was the patterns of therapy of uh, these patients uh, and see what actually are the choices uh, done by the uh, physician, urologist, and see if actually patients receive these kinds of the new novels therapy. So um, the method was to uh, look in a retrospective fashion, this database. They look at all these patients who had these claims between 2014 and 2019. Uh, the number of patients retrieved were 4,221 patients. And of them, interestingly, is most of these patients, more than 50% of these patients received uh, hormonal therapy only as the main treatment and, and, uh, and this uh, situation, and they're novelly diagnosed with prostate cancer hormonal sensitive. Uh, a small amount of patients will receive antiandrogens, ARATs, or even docetaxel. There was a decrease of ADT use only from 64% to 51% in a five-year span period. So there's a small change that you can see with time, but you can see still that the... Uh, the guidelines uh, have a difficulty to penetrate the effect of the um, uh, level one evidence demonstrating an effect on overall, overall survival. It still is not uh, delivered to all the patients. So um, in conclusion, what they also says that despite the uh, presence of uh, um, uh, level one evidence demonstrating improvement and overall survival, of intensifying therapy beyond hormonal therapy. Uh, within the last five years in this database, uh, hormonal uh, therapy only is, unfortunately, most of the time, the, the only therapy that this patient will receive. So this data highlights the, the fact that uh, only a minority of, of actually patients will receive treatment such as ARAT, um, uh, chemotherapy, in which uh, benefits in terms of overall survival have been uh, demonstrated. This is US data. Um, 
uh, it would be interesting also to discuss uh, what's going on here in Canada. Uh, thank you, Claudio. So uh, yeah, this was uh, uh, a very interesting abstract. I would have hoped that things would have changed by now, uh, but I, in looking uh, in detail at the abstract, I noticed that in the five-year span between 2014 and 2019, the ADT monotherapy remained in, uh, in the high 50s or low 60% uh, without a significant uh, change. I, I would have hoped that uh, things would have gotten better over the last couple of years. Any comments on that? So you have major studies that came out in 2015, for example, you have charted, you have stampede, coming out a few years later, latitude also. So uh, even if you have strong evidence, you can see that the effect uh, on the real world, there's a, always a lack, there's a lead time here. Um, the, uh, it, it, it's interesting that you're seeing it as small trends and change, but this trend, this trend is still not significant. Most of the patients are probably receiving, are probably under-treated. The same numbers could be seen here in Canada. Sorry, again, you cut out when uh, you said that most of the patients are undertreated. Yes. So, so most patients are probably undertreated, and this fifty uh, percent number that we're seeing in the U.S. is also probably uh, the same amount of number that we're seeing here in Canada. So uh, we don't. Unfortunately, there's no published data in Canada about the use of. Uh, the patterns of use of therapy in this group of patients. There's unpublished data that says the uh, patients that receive more than 80 here, only around 30%. This really needs to be investigated here in Canada. Yeah, so uh, it's um, clear that uh, we need to improve the way we're uh, distributing our message and trying to reach out to the people who are seeing uh, these patients first uh, to try to have them refer to practices where the patients will have escalation of therapy. So thank you, Claudio, and uh, thank you for your attention. Thank you.